Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in this afternoon. My name is Reed Wilkins, sitting in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. You heard from Bob earlier, and he'll uh, check in every day with the Oilers from Europe. Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. face-off. Breakfast with the Oilers on 6.30. Chad, the game against the Cologne Sharks. We'll have some pregame coverage going at 7. Some guests on Oilers Now get gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Oilers Now presented by Digitex. Trusted by 6.30. Chad, visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more. Digitex.ca. So, uh, several reports in the last uh, four 40 minutes or so that the Oilers have indeed signed defenseman Jason Garrison to a one-year contract worth $650,000, thus bringing his tryout to a successful uh, conclusion. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll see what happens with Alex Chase on here uh, throughout the rest of the afternoon. And the roster deadline is at 3 Edmonton time. Uh, But the Oilers can... um, you know, technically, Chase on could play tomorrow on a PTO because it is still an exhibition game for the Oilers. Uh, Mark Spector in studio every week for Horse Racing Alberta, featuring live standard bed racing at Northlands Park every Friday evening and Saturday afternoon. Okay, so we are inching towards games that count in the standings. Mm-hmm. Well, some teams are playing them tomorrow. Uh, everybody else is going to play at least one before the Oilers play one on Saturday. Speck, give me uh, your two biggest question marks for the Oilers as we roll into this season? Two biggest question marks. Um, I guess my my first is uh, depth on defense because defensemen always get injured. You know, you're, you always lose a defenseman somewhere, right? And you need guys underneath that play, that, that punch above their weight. So let's talk, uh, you know, first, like the whole defensive core. Can Oscar's Clefbaum be healthy? Yep. He's got to be healthy if this team's going to be any good. Uh, can Matt Benning, you know, in his third year pro now, is he ready to be a solid second pairing guy? Um, what about one of these young guys? What about Baron Bouchard? They're going to be able to survive defensively, you know, in order to make use of what we like from their offensive skills. 
you know, if Garrison has to play a bunch of games, can he play a bunch of games, right? So that to me is there's always some pitfalls in your defense every year. There's time, guys got to step up. Do these do we have enough? You know, do we have enough evidence that they have guys to step up? That's my first one. I, I'm gonna. I, I think that's a really good point. The the question marks are absolutely cleft bomb. You know, is the shoulder surgery gonna still impede him a little bit? Is he back to 100? percent I mean, clearly he was dealing with something last year, and he feels long. like it got it got it taken care yeah. of. You know, I I think Adam Larson is going to be good. I I I've said this before. I thought the twenty, the last twenty games of last season, mm-hmm. uh, when Larson came back from the second absence he had to take related to his father's passing, mm-hmm. I thought he was the second best Oiler in the last quarter of the season. Okay. Obviously, with first was McDavid racking up all the points he did down the stretch. Larson does what he does, okay. and you know I think he's he's going to be able to do that. Benning absolutely, Nurse. Um, Pretty good year for him. Can he handle a little more responsibility when he needs to? Can he hit the score sheet a little bit more? Can he finish some of his rushes? That's a big F for him. Right. And then the depth guys. Okay, Russell. Hopefully he's healthy. But you know what you're gonna. I mean, that's why. That's why Chris Russell keeps getting employed in the National Hockey League, despite despite the section of fans who don't like him. Mm-hmm. Because if Chris Russell plays 82 games, you're gonna get the same thing about 77 times. And he might have five off nights or where he accidentally scores on his own net like he did against Toronto God, or whatever. A fl- fluky thing whatever. happens to him, right? Yeah. So that, that that you know, so I think he can be that guy. But you're right with, with Baron Bouchard. And I, I'm also curious to see how they play. I, I mean I, I think last year something went wrong. I, I, I think something went wrong in, in the relationship with some of the D and, and Jimmy Johnson. I don't know if it was just personalities or you know, mm-hmm. things just weren't working out that it got a little tense as the team kept losing. Something wasn't clicking there. And I'm curious to see how they play as well. Because I know as the season went on, Rob and I talked about it a lot on Overtime Open Line. We got a lot of calls about it. Saying, why do the Oilers do five D to D passes before yeah. they get it up ice? Or like, is that a rule they have to? Yep. <laughs> do they it's get, called do they, playing do, slow. Do they get fined yeah. if they don't yeah. pass back and forth? It's called playing times. slow. And I, I was encouraged for the most part by. I mean, sure, sometimes you're changing lines. You know, yeah. you, you get a float sure. with it a little bit, but there was a really reluctance to let let's get it up there, let's chip it in and chase it if we have to. Let's have guys let's moving go. in after it. So I, I'm. Obviously, curious about the individual stories on defense, but can they as a group have more of that let's get it up the ice mentality? Now, you have to have the skill to do that. Some are better than others, <laughs> and some Ds are better. Like I'm, I, I think that's going to be a strength for Calgary, is that they have a bunch of guys who you know, are at least competent at whipping that puck up ice and yep. getting it there quickly. So can the Oilers have that mentality and execute it? Yeah, I thought, that, I thought about that about Calgary last year, and it turned out to be not as easy as we thought. Uh, I I don't think that's a can read. It it just has to happen. Right. You can't play as slow as the Oilers played last year. We all talked about this team's slow, this team's slow. It's it's twenty percent foot speed and eighty percent the way you play. And you're right. They just the D to D thing back and forth and back and forth. Like let's go point north. And if there's not someone to pass to, a if you can't skate it to center, b then chip that thing. You know, give me a hard pass. I'll ramp it off my stick and it's in the zone. Let's go get it back. Like it doesn't have to be that slow. These are NHL guys. This you know this this new aura around. Oh, this guy can really move the puck. These are NHL players. Reed. They can all throw a pass and catch a pass. It's, to me, that's 
if you're telling me bring, I need a special skill to exit my zone with the puck, I call you know what on that. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this a uh, couple texts here. Randy says Nurse and Benning scare me. They could be the Oilers' Achilles' heel. Uh, another texter says, besides defense, second question is special teams. Fair question. This yep. texter says, you want to chip and chase with McDavid? And my answer to that is, you're damn right I do. Because he's the fastest player in the league. I, I want you to actually, to this texter, I want you to actually think about how Ty Ratty played. And how he's hopefully going to continue to play. And I mean, it, to me, it, it, I think as observers of the game, I'm going to say to this texter and probably some other people, you have to move past the mentality that some guys are dump and chase players and some guys are carry the puck players. Because you have to be both depending on the situation. Yeah, obviously McDavid has the skill and speed to most of the time carry the puck into the offensive zone. But if you're, if you're McDavid's line mate and you got the puck on the right side, and he's uh, going down the left wing boards at full speed, but you got to feather a pass through a back checking center and two defenders. Mm-hmm. You don't want to try that pass. You want to dump it in because Connor's probably going to be the first uh, first guy in the corner to get it. So I totally reject this mentality that if Connor McDavid is on the ice, you never play dump and chase because with his speed and with Nuge. You know, I think if you, yeah, sure, if you can get him the puck with speed at the blue line, yes, get him the puck. But I don't think shooting, dumping the puck in with McDavid on the ice is a bad play at all. I think given if it's the right read at the time, I think it's a very intelligent play. Well, I think that these are all adjustments, right? There's sometimes on the power play where the PK lines up, you know, four guys at the blue line, you can't carry it in. Well, you got to decide on the fly. we got to shoot this thing in and go get it. And it's the same. Everyone would rather see McDavid swoop back, take a six-foot pass from a defenseman at his own blue line and build speed and yep. just fly through the whole team. Of course you want that. But other teams defend, too. You know, so there's times when that play's not there. So it's, it's, you know, a confident team reads and reacts. A team that's confident in their ability to A, skate a puck in, but also B, win a battle and get a puck back, retrieve a puck. That's what you need. This Oilers team had very little confidence in any area last year, and that, let's go full circle. That's why you pass it D to D 25 times before there's an absolute lane the size of a semi-truck to pass it through. Why are you passing it back and forth? Because you don't have the confidence you can execute. Yeah. This team needs more confidence, needs to execute better. You can get us on our Westlock Ford text line at 63630. The River Cree Resort and Casino hotline is 780-496-0063. Reed Wilkins, Mark Spector on Oilers Now. All right, the second question mark. Some people were like, what's the second question mark? A couple people will text in their own. I, I will put my second question mark yes and there's a few but if i i gotta pick two or i guess we're doing i, I always say the the size of the question marks because every <laughs> team has question marks some have a they lot do. of really big ones some have some teams have a couple really small ones I, you know what i i gotta i gotta point the backup goaltending because i think the right wingers have done enough that i feel confident in the season somebody's going to be okay. going um, I, I do think the special teams will improve with some different voices on coaching and you know, quite frankly, the law of averages would suggest a, a power play with McDavid and Dreisaitl won't be last or near last two years in a row. I still have to go with backup goaltending because Koskinen came from a league. You know, Sean Burke said it to me the other night during an intermission interview. The goalie stats are inflated because of the style of play. 
in the K. You, you get yeah. higher, you get low, sorry, lower goals against averages yeah. and higher save percentages because it's such a defensive league. And, you know, let's face it, Koskinen's three preseason appearance, appearances were one stinky one, one average one, and one above average one. So I don't know which goalie I'm going to see tomorrow in Germany. He's supposed to play. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's a definite question mark. To me, uh, I'm less worried about the backup goalie because if there's too much reliance on the backup goalie, uh, things are going to be in the <laughs> well, in a bad spot. I anyhow. see what you're saying. <laughs> if he's getting 40 starts or something, that means Cam Talbot is, didn't play well enough or isn't healthy. And uh, without Cam Talbot playing 60-some games, this team's not making a playoffs. So, uh, I agree with the texture. To me, it's special teams. Okay. What sewered this team last year? Above and beyond everything, special teams. They couldn't keep a puck out of their net in the PK. It was absolutely deflating. Uh, and there again, confidence. Backdoor tap-in starts off every game for Cam Talbot. His confidence was at an all-time low. The whole bench, every time the PK unit went out, came back after a goal, their confidence was at an all-time low. So to me, it starts with a penalty kill and, again, keeping the puck out of your net. This team has to cut its goals against down drastically. And, you know, the age-old question, how can you have Connor McDavid now the worst power play in the league? <laughs> like, how does that happen? Yeah. Uh, this power play should be a top six or seven power play. If it is, and if the PK is solid, well, right that's a there, huge you're swinging goal differential. Right, right there, there yeah. your swinging goal differential makes you in the playoff fight. It's one seventeen. few more minutes with Mark Spector, Peter Dreisaitl in conversation with Bob still coming up. Some guests on Oilers Now get gift certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown, north side, and also in Sherwood Park. Oilers Now coming right back. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. All right, I appreciate you tuning in this afternoon. Some text to 630-630. This texture says, if the Oilers can get clear possession of the puck, then sure, dump it in. But do you really want Connor or Nuge taking unnecessary hits and grinding down low? As great as McDavid is, he isn't going to win too many puck battles. Uh, where the guy has his speed contained. Uh, this texter says uh, Koskinen's slightly better than Scriven's in the KHL. The numbers don't add up. Uh, this texter says the Oilers have a tough first 10 games. They need to come out of it at 500 or better. Herman says, Reed, do you agree the Oilers play in the toughest division this year based on the changes made by other teams? I think so. That is from... Herman. Central's well, the top, better. the top end, and the and the top end of the uh, what do they call them now? The Atlantic, yeah, with the Leafs and the Lightning and the Bruins. Yeah, that's very good. That's but, tough. Then it falls right off. Yeah, I think the West, like let's talk conference. Reed is the is which is the stronger conference? I think. Well, that's a good question because Carlson came. Carlson came, came west. Came west. Pacioretty so came Pacioretty west. Pacioretty came west. I mean, I thought I thought last year right? the East Sassy was strong. Stayed west. Was, yeah. You know, Vegas is a Stanley Cup finalist that, frankly, might have got better. San Jose is a, annually a killer good team that for sure got better. They got Carlson. Yeah. Right? Um, Calgary, they got better. You know, Edmonton underachieved last year and should play better. You know, Nashville's Nashville. Winnipeg is as good a team as there is in hockey right now. St. Louis got immensely better. Do, do, in do the you Central. do you buy uh, what do you do you buy in any of the Arizona hype? No, not really. 
they're okay. They're getting better, but they're a team that's been in the cellar forever. Of course, they're getting better. They should get better. I I don't know. Well, time they got be, better. I don't know if I, I think they'll. I think they in Vancouver will be pesky opponents. Yeah, I don't believe. In but Andy I don't Ranta. believe. I don't believe I don't, they're gonna. I think Andy Rand is very good, and Vancouver has the worst goaltending in the league by a quite some margin. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so here's the thing: Pacific <laughs> Division. Uh, I give first place to San Jose. Okay. If we're going to do predictions, which we both hate. I hate predictions. <laughs> hey, I always have a rule whenever I host. I don't... I don't Only remember I the ones you get right. On Inside Sports, <laughs> yeah. the rule is... And I, and I always... Maybe I'll do it tonight, because I always do it before big football games. I do it before the Grey yeah. Cup. I do it before the Super Bowl. Okay. I encourage people to text in, and I say, hey, if you're wrong, I, I lost the text. I just... Right. I don't know where it went. But if you happen to nail the winner and the score, you're... You get on the show on Monday. Fortunately, okay. no one's... <laughs> The score. There's an old story in town <laughs> back when the Eskimos were in their glory years. An old writer named Ray Turchansky. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he predicted as the, I believe the game was being played in um, in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. And he went out back in a time when this, it was a smaller media world and there was less writers. And when you said something, it made a little more noise. Right. And I believe he said Eskimos by 40 <laughs> in the Grey Cup game. <laughs> And it was one of those games. This that was they, during the five in a row? Yeah. Okay. And they beat, it uh, might have been Hamilton, and they beat them by like 39 or 41 or something. They did. They absolutely yeah, crushed them. a couple them. of those were blowouts. And yeah. Ray was just like, I told you. <laughs> well, that that's the, I, I'd always remember, uh, well, Bob McKenzie, who uh, was one of the people who reported the, the Garrison one-year deal. Shannon beat ago. him. I think John Shannon. John Shannon might have, might have beat he him. did. Uh, but... <laughs> McKenzie, when they do their first round predictions one year, he said, okay, so one year I go five out of eight in the first round. Next year I go four out of eight. So what, I know 12.5% less about, about hockey <laughs> yeah. than I did the year before. Yeah, no, predictions are tough that way. Uh, I I do think, look, I, 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 I recognize the Oilers' flaws. I also think, as we discussed, there are some reasonable th- uh, reasons for bounce back, bounce back uh, optimism. I think they can compete for third in the division and then obviously sure. in connection with that, a wild card. I do not think they are deep enough to, if they do make the playoffs, to have home ice in the first round. Now, that is probably an excellent way to put it. I think you sum up my you know, my feelings exactly. Uh, I want to say this, though. You know, the, the sort of the overriding feeling about the Oilers is, you know, are they the 103-point team or are they the or the 78-point team, right? Are they the... Which team are they? Todd McClellan started off training camp, right? Yep. Who are we and who do we want to be? That was his message to the team and let alone all us pundits out there across the country and a lot of people outside of Edmonton think they're the 70... Much closer to the 78-80-point team and I, I disagree with that and this is why I feel like, you know, pick a player. If a player gets... You know, I don't know. Let's say even Lucic, even though he's getting a little bit older at 30. Uh, If a player has a huge season, if a player goes out and has a 60-point season, and then he comes back and he has a 40-point season, I always think that that the 60 is closer to reality because, you know, anybody can underachieve. Anybody can go do less than you expected. (laughs) But if you go out and get 60 points, you go out and get 70 points, it means you can do it. And if you can do it once, you can do it again. So... You know, this Oilers team was a 100-point team, and they're not much different. And it's I absolutely expect that they can be a lot closer to the 103-point team. The 78-point team was the aberration in my mind. How close? Close enough to make the playoffs? All of those things we're going to find out. But I can't see why this isn't a 94-5-point team this year. 
1980 Grey Cup, Edmonton Eskimos 48, Hamilton Tiger Cats 10. Yeah, so they that's the one. They won by 38. And I think Ray said 40 or 39 or something. So he almost nailed it. Tabulating uh, Turk. We got, well, we didn't leave much time for our uh, Eskimos chat. Uh, like literally one of the worst offensive outputs in franchise history on Saturday. Uh, they, they fired the special teams coordinator, which, okay, you know, fair enough. If this offense doesn't turn around, it was and it was everything Saturday. Uh, Mike didn't have a good game. The receivers didn't have a good game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Jason's calling a great game. It was a complete breakdown. Yeah, I don't even want to look at one game because this isn't just a one-game Well, game true, thing. It's, it wasn't a one-off. All I've heard about is that, you know, Mike Riley's supposed to be the best quarterback in the league, and, and their receiving core is supposed to be as good as there is or best in the league. And uh, I know for a fact C.J. Gable is every bit enough running back to have success with. So, you know, I've covered sports for a long time, and I've seen a lot of coaches get fired when they didn't have the horses. And you go, tough luck, buddy. You know, you didn't have a chance. There are horses here, Yep. right? There is enough offensive production here. There is enough quality CFL offensive player. How good's their offensive line read? I'm really not in a position to say. They're not that bad. Riley's not running for his life every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the coach, I mean, well, let's call a spade a spade, Jason Moss. He runs the offense and he runs the team. He's got plenty to work with, and in there, that offensive unit does not produce. It's not just one game. It's all season. This is supposed to be the, one of the best offenses in the league. It is not. Yeah. So that, to me, is where it's at. You're not, A, you can't fire all the players. B, I don't want to fire almost any of these players. I like these players, right? So something's got to change here. And it's not going to change in the middle of the season. There's no point bringing in a new offense today. There's only four games yeah. left. We've got to ride this out. But it's not the players. And if it's not the players, you know what it is. Stoffer and Spectre every Tuesday, courtesy Horse Racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women that work in the Alberta horse racing industry today. It was Spectre and Wilkins. Mark, thanks for coming in. Hey, pleasure, Reed. Do it again next week. Peter Dreisaitl, when we get back. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.